This is Revision Church Atlanta Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Wesley Knight, the lead pastor here at Revision Church Atlanta. Here at RCA, we leverage the power of prayer, personal influence, community development, and love to empower transformation in Christ. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for tuning in. All right, those of you who are online, just just put it in the chat. Yes, exclamation mark. Yes. Here's the word of the Lord. Let's go to 2 Kings. We're going to go to 2 Kings. And here in 2 Kings chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, as is my custom. You can read along whatever version that you might prefer. But 2 Kings chapter 2. Verses 1 through 14. And if you're in the building, would you please stand for the reading of God's holy word as we prepare our hearts to hear what the Lord has to say today. I hope y'all don't mind reading some Bible today, reading several verses. We want you to understand the magnitude of the moment in this biblical story. 2 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 14 says, Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. (laughs) Look, verse 4. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that today the Lord will take your master from over you? And he answered as he did before, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Verse 6, Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophet also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please, huh? underline this, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. 
And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. Don't miss what he does next. Verse 13, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other and Elisha went over. Verse 14, for your sermonic spotlight, then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him. He struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted. Today, I want to pray with your prayers from the subject, the power of precedent. The power of precedent. The power of precedent. Let's pray. Father, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need you now. So speak with clarity. Speak, oh God, with authority so that we, your servants, might hear. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house. Those of you who are online we're grateful you're here. The power of precedent. On May 3rd of this year, Dave Chappelle, arguably the most controversial, yet brightest, gifted comedian of our time, was performing in California at the famous Hollywood Bowl. He was there to perform a set for the Netflix is a joke festival. As Dave Chappelle was talking about to introduce the rap group that had just put out an album, Black Star, a man jumped up on stage, seemingly undetected by security. He ran towards Dave Chappelle in an attempt to attack and tackle him to the ground. And yet, in front of these, this crowd of thousands, the comedian uh, was able to keep his footing and to be able to get out of the tackle position. Chappelle was able to leave unscarred, and the security dealt quickly and quite violently with the assailant. In front of the whole crowd in Hollywood Bowl, and all those who were watching as the event was streamed live, we almost witnessed another violent assault in front of a live TV audience. And I ask you, how did this happen? May I suggest to you, not only is this or was this a man who was obviously suffering from some kind of mental illness or distress, but there is another contributing factor as to why we were witnessing another assault in real time. Please stay with me. 
for previous to May 3rd, Will Smith at the Oscars walks up and assaults Chris Rock, which set a precedent that when you don't agree with a person's jokes or political ideology, you have the right to jump on stage and to attack them. Mm, stay with me today. Please don't miss the context of the assault or attempted assault on Chappelle. The context is that now we live in a world where if one person does something, it can set a precedent for other people to do it. That indeed there are copycats and imitators and those who are inspired to do something when, some, when they see someone else have the boldness to do it. Don't miss this. The power of precedence is that a precedent is an earlier event or action that is regarded as an example or a guide to be considered for subsequent similar circumstances. I'm already preaching, but you're going to get with me in a minute. A precedent, again, is an earlier event or action that takes place that is regarded as an example or a guide to be considered in subsequent similar circumstances. And please don't underestimate the example that happened at the Oscars. Please don't underestimate that when people see things publicly that are bold and bodacious that it can inspire whether positively or negatively because when you set a precedent you establish mm, a standard when you set a precedent you inspire people to do things they didn't think they could do when you set a precedent you set a ground floor upon which people can stand on and take it to the next level. And may I suggest to you that Elijah the prophet, the mentor, the teacher, is setting a precedent for Elisha the apprentice, the student, the mentee. Don't miss it because when Elijah comes and strikes the water, thus performing a miracle, he sets a precedent so that Elisha can believe that although obstacles are in your way, it does not matter what's in your way, you can walk through it. I wish I had somebody here who understood that uh, there is such a thing as spiritual precedence. That, that what emboldens us to do some things? What inspires us to go back to school? That what, in, what gives us the, the audacity to believe that we can do the impossible is the fact that there are those who have come before us who have set a precedence. They have basically said, if I can do it, if the Lord brought me through, if I could see God make a way out of no way, if I can see him open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, then you can do it too. It's precedence. 
it, it's a standard. Remember, remember, it's an earlier event or action that is regarded as an example or guide uh, which allows you to know what to do in a similar circumstance. I'm already preaching. You're going to get it by the end because Elisha watches Elijah. The student watches the teacher as he strikes the water and performs a miracle. Now, in, under, in order to understand this, you've got to understand that a lot of times what stands in the way of you and I seeing a miracle, what stands in the way of us not uh, realizing that the Bible is just a collection of stories to inspire us to do the same or more, what stops us from seeing our Red Seas parted, what stops us from us seeing bread come down from heaven. What stops us from seeing the dead raised. What stops us from seeing all these things is the fact that we are too easily talked out of our miracles. I'm in the text. If you're still with me, shout yes. For, for, for you must understand that your Bible, the reason I had you read 1 through 14 is so you could read it for yourself. Elisha is with Elijah. It's Elijah's last days. Elijah is the mentor. Elisha is the mentee. And Elijah, the Bible says, is about to be taken to heaven by God. He's about to be snatched up out of here. And as Elijah is preparing to leave, he tells Elisha, huh? You stay here. In verse 2, it's right there. In verse 2, Elijah tells Elisha, you stay behind because I've been called to go as far as Bethel. But the Bible says Elisha refuses to stay put. And then in verse 4, Elijah tells Elisha to stay behind because he was called to go to Jericho. When he gets to Jericho, then, then he says, now listen, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I came with you to Bethel, and I'm going with you to Jericho. They get to Jericho. He says, you need to stay here because I've been called to go to the next place. He says, no, I'm going with you also to Jordan. Three times. Mm, don't miss this. Verse 2, verse 4, and verse 6, Elijah tells the student, you stay behind. You stay here. You've come as far as you need to come. You don't know, need to go any further. You've seen God do a lot of things as you've been following me. You can stay right here. In other words, Elijah's saying, you've met your highest level. Stay here in Bethel. Stay here in Gilgal. Stay here in Jericho. But what you ought to note today is that Elisha will not stay put. Every time his master moves forward, Elisha says, as long as you are living, I am going to be walking beside you. Y'all missing your shout already. Because Elisha is not easily talked out of the miracle just because somebody tells you no doesn't mean that God said no. 
and that's a word from maybe 20 of y'all in the building and 30 of y'all online because some of you are so easily talked out of your next level and sometimes you think it's the devil telling you no but do I have a few witnesses that sometimes godly people will tell you no this is your level this is as far as you're going you don't need to do anymore you doing too much and how many of you know that you can't let a person's no stop you from God's yes Elisha said I will not stay put because wherever you go is where I'm going y'all ain't feeling me so let me illustrate my we're empty nesters now right so preachers love to tell stories and illustrations about their children but my children are grown now they're away at college so now I got to use my dogs I got some dogs in the house so I got to tell illustration about my dogs so 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 uh one of our dogs Bentley um he he's he's a cute little chihuahua mix and a chewini they call them and, and Bentley, now that the kids aren't there, they're the main caretakers of him, now that they're away, uh, he's now stuck to me. Now, the other dog, he does his own thing, but Bentley is like stuck to me like glue. I don't know if it's because he's missing Asia and Ajani. I don't know what's going on. He senses in his canine sensitivity that something has shifted in the atmosphere. But guys, wherever I go, there is Bentley. Even when I tell him to stay put, now, now I've taught him that when I say stay and I walk, he's supposed to stay. I'm like, Bentley, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. Stay. Now, usually he would stay, but because things have shifted in the atmosphere, because I'm walking to the bathroom, here comes, here comes Bentley. And I said, Bentley, I told you to stay. I put him right back in his place. Stay. Then I walk away. I'm going to the kitchen. When I look around, who's at my feet? Bentley. I have to take him back to the same place. I said, now, Bentley, stay. Then I go to the, the dining room table. I'm making some calls. I look down. Who's at my feet? It's Bentley. And what I realized is Bentley was trying to teach me something. That when you got somebody who's good to you, somebody who feeds you, somebody who provides for you, puts a roof over your head, it don't matter when they tell you to stay. Wherever they go, you're going to be right there. Is there anybody here that's going to treat God just like that? That whenever people tell you stay, you say, God, wherever you go, is where I'm going. Wherever you're leading, that's where I'm going to be. If you go to the hither parts of the world, that's where I'm going to be. I will not stay because wherever you are is where I got to be. Elisha will not get talked out of what most of us get talked out of because we think, we like to put a lot of stuff on the devil, but remember this is his teacher telling him no. I know y'all, I know y'all, y'all are big on obedience. But watch this, can I mess with you theologically? His teacher told him to stay put. And he disobeyed the teacher because he knew that the, that the one who was over the teacher was calling him to something greater that the teacher didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I could hang out here, but this is not my spot. Uh, so, so what he says is, he says, wherever you go, Gilgal, I'm with you. Uh, wherever you go, Bethel, I'm with you. Wherever you go, Jericho, I'm with you. Wherever you go, Jordan, I'm with you. So he keeps following him like Bentley. He keeps following him wherever Elijah goes. There's Elisha. And it is interesting to understand this. 
that, that the places that Elijah is going are significant because Bethel and Jericho, if you've been in the church any amount of time, you would remember those names. When Elijah went to Bethel, Bethel was the place where Jacob met with God. It was a wilderness sanctuary where God showed him that ladder where, where he wrestled and where he was able to wrestle with God face to face. So, so in a real sense, Elijah was taking him to a place where God had moved powerfully before. Jericho, when they went to Jericho, you remember that place. That's where their ancestors, the children of Israel, marched around the fortified city. Jericho was the gateway to the promised land. If you didn't take Jericho, you couldn't get the promise. They marched around seven times on the seventh day. And with a shout, the wall came tumbling down. God took him to Jericho. Don't miss it. I believe the reason why God was taking not just Elijah but Elisha there and I love this is the fact that Elisha wouldn't settle for historical places where God had moved powerfully before he said I'm not going to be satisfied that I went to Bethel I ain't satisfied that I went to the place where the wall came down. Wherever you go, I'll go. Now, I'm going to push this a little bit further because, because Elisha, if Elisha had stopped following, even though he heard a no, he would have missed the miracle at the Jordan River. If he had said, I'll stay in Jericho. Okay, teacher, I'll stay in Gilgal. I'll stay in Bethel. He would have missed what, what Elijah was about to do. Can I help somebody here for you to understand this? You might be one no away from your miracle. If you could go through one more no. Mm, I'm talking to somebody. Sheldon, you feel me, huh? Um, uh, if you could go through one more no. David, you know what I'm talking about. If you could go through one more rejection. If you could go through one more disappointment, if you could push through one more no, you will get your yes. See, mm, Elisha didn't know that if he had said, if he had succumbed to the no in Jericho, he would not have seen the Jordan River parted. And you might be one no away, one disappointment, one rejection away from God opening up the doors and opening up the ways. See, see, he could have settled for Bethel. He could have settled for Jericho. But Elisha wanted more than to go to where God had already moved. He wanted to go to where God is moving. And some of us are content to visit where God has been. But we are not called to simply stay in places where great things happened. We've got to push through the no so we can see the miracle. And, and, and what I love about this is Elisha watches Elijah take off his outer coat. He strikes the water. And he sees the Jordan River stand up at attention, creating a path for the two to walk through. And I believe the reason why God allows Elisha to see this is because every time we see someone overcome their obstacles, it's a call for us to do the same. 
I, I, are you with me online? I can't see you in the chat. I don't have the chat up. But, 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 but let me know if you're with me because he wouldn't let you see it unless he wanted you to do it. The reason you witnessed it is because he's trying to let you know if I can do it for him. Oh, I wish I had an old school church here today. I can do it for you. Don't you know the reason you saw your parents be able to pay off your tuition bill is because God was trying to let you know 20 years later when you get down about your finances, if you saw me do it before, Hey, uh, then God says I can do it again Elisha witnesses it because God is saying Elisha if you stick with me if you have the same tenacity to never leave me just like you never wanted to leave Elijah I'll do for you what I did for him and that's a word for somebody here because if he lets you see it that means you're called to it if he, if he lets you witness it, that means that you can overcome in the same manner. It's not a call for us to sit down and wonder how they did it, to talk about how great they are, to celebrate. It's not just, watch this, uh, thank you Holy Spirit. It's not just a time to celebrate, it's a time to imitate because when you witness someone overcome their obstacle it informs you that there's a precedent set remember precedent is a standard it informs you and guides you on what you can do in a similar situation the fact that you saw it means you're called to it so Elijah Elijah parts the water now, now I, I want you to stay with me in terms of the context because you got to understand this Elijah was called Elijah was called to cross the Jordan not Elisha in fact if you read your Bible carefully you'll discover Elijah says three times verse 2 verse 4 and verse 6 I am called to go Read it again, verse 2, 4, and 6. He does not say we are called to go. This is why every time, mm, don't miss this. This is why every time he's called forward, he tells Elisha to stay. Because Elisha was not called to go. According to Elijah, it was just Elijah. Elisha never received a word from the Lord to cross the Jordan. In fact, his mentor tells him not to come. But Elisha goes to a place in crossing the Jordan when he never got a word from God about it. I'm going to help somebody today. Sometimes you will get to places you did not get a direct revelation from God because you walked forward in faith. <laughs> We, you got to understand, he gets through because he doesn't want to leave Elijah. He goes through an obstacle, walks through the Jordan River because he does not, because he is committed to staying with Elijah. We are often committed to places and next levels rather than being committed to following. We want to get the dream job 
and that's the place we're committed to going. We want to get married, and that's the place we're committed to getting to. We want to get financially free, and that's the place we're committed to getting to. We are committed to the next level. We are committed to the next thing. We are committed to where we believe God is taking us. But I want you to get this. Elisha shows us the power of being committed to a person more than a place. Because Elisha saw this miracle not because he wanted to get to the next place. Elisha gets to cross the Jordan because he's committed to Elijah. Come here, let me help you. That we cannot simply be on the journey with Jesus and stay close to him because we're trying to use him to get to our destination of success. No, 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 no. The reason we ever get to any place of success in Jesus is not because we were using him to get there but because we just wanted to be with him all right okay all right all right y'all make me work hard today let me illustrate uh, while at oakwood university well it was then oakwood college when i was there and, and when I, we were there uh, some friends of i uh, some friends and i we were going to the john p key concert any john, john p key fans old school gospel we were getting ready to go to a john p key concert in north carolina we were traveling from huntsville alabama up to north carolina to see john p key and i remember a couple of my friends we were getting together and uh, there's about three of us and two other people wanted to squeeze into the car now these were colleagues not friends these were college students I knew but not friends because you do know there's a difference between people you know and people who are friends and so I knew their names and I knew their faces and we'd have been in some classes together and I remember they found out we were going to the concert they said Wesley can we bum a ride with you can we get a ride with you and I was like yeah let me think about it let me see what we need to do oh we got gas money we'll we'll pay but we want to go to the concert with you and it was funny because they never really spoke to me really before but now we're all buddy buddies so they jump into the car and I let them come along we ride up there to the John P. Key concert now what's crazy is when we get there we're up there for about three hours at the concert and we're walking around and we're singing and we're praising God it was interesting when I went to the bathroom one time saw one of them they were talking to some people didn't say a word we were uh, kind of hanging out at the kind of after celebration where they had some snacks and some drinks nobody said anything to me it was kind of crazy that they were on the ride with me but when we got to the destination they didn't want to say nothing to me is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about I mean they had the nerve to take up room in my car and, and here I am driving up to North Carolina with them and when I get them to their destination they don't want to say nothing to me and some of us treat Jesus just like that. Some of you have been using Jesus to catch a ride. You talk to him because of where you want to go. You pray because you need to get to where you want to go. You attend worship service because you got to get to where you want to go. You read your Bible every now and then because you're trying to get to where you're trying to go. Don't get quiet right now. You want to go to heaven. And that's the reason some of you try to serve Jesus because you need him to get you to where you want to go. We use Jesus for a ride. And then when 
when you get to your destination of success, you don't even acknowledge the one that gave you the ride to get there. Don't sit there and look bougie at me today. I wish you would act like he didn't bring you this far. I wish you would sit there and act like he didn't get you through the divorce. I wish you would sit there and act like he didn't heal your body from sickness. Those of you looking online, you should have unfolded your arms by now. Put down that frying pan and lift up your hand and give him praise. I wish you would sit at the couch and look like this is a television performance. Don't you know how far he's brought you from? He ain't your ride. He's your redeemer. And that's why we ought to learn to praise God. That's why I shouldn't have to pump you. That's why you shouldn't be guilt tripped. That's why we shouldn't have to beg you. Praise team shouldn't have to sweat. It's because when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, I wish you would sit there. We like to use them for a ride. And what's crazy is the folk who weren't talking to me at the concert had to get back in the same car with me to ride back home. Can I shout you real quick about the mercy of Jesus? Because that's just how Jesus treats you. You ain't talked to him yesterday, but he woke you up today. You didn't trust him yesterday, but he said, it's all right, you didn't talk to me, but I still got room for you in the ride. The mercies of the Lord. I got to go. I'm almost through. Elisha wasn't just using Elijah for a ride. He just wanted to be with him. Is there anybody here who just wants to be with him? Is there anybody in the chat that knows relationship is greater than success? Is there anybody here that knows that to know him is greater than to receive from him? See, Elisha sees what's possible because he is committed to being with Elijah and because his commitment is to the relationship he receives the benefits of the relationship I'm preaching I hope you're hearing uh, in other words you will see what you're trying to get if you stay committed to him but it only comes if you're committed to him they get through the water. And Elijah and Elisha are on the other side. Elijah now turns to Elisha, the student, the apprentice, the mentee. And he says, listen, I couldn't shake you in Jericho. I couldn't get rid of you in Bethel. You wouldn't leave me alone on the other side of the Jordan. What is it I can do for you before I go? And Elisha is now given access to wear and whatever he wanted because he was committed to staying with Elijah. Elisha exclaims, give me a double portion of your spirit. Now let's be clear. Let's not make this super spiritual and religious. Elisha is not asking for God's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. He, you got to understand, he didn't say, I want more of the Holy Ghost. He could do that by himself. He said, Elijah, I want more of your spirit. 
he's asking, he's basically saying, I want to be like you. I want to have the same spirit that's at work in you. I want to serve like you. I want to act like you. I want to move like you. I want to make decisions like you. I want to love like you. And Elisha doesn't stop there. He says, and I want to do it double than what you do. He says, I've seen you do great things, but I believe I'm called to greater. And to do greater than you, I'm going to need double the anointing. And Elijah says, that's a hard thing for me to do. And, I, 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 and I'll just let you know how you're going to see it, how you're going to do it. He said, if you are able to see me go up in the whirlwind, then you will get what you want. The Bible says they continued to talk. And then the winds shifted. The atmosphere changed. Some clouds showed up and started chasing each other in circles. They began to descend from the higher atmosphere to the lower atmosphere. And when he looked closely, it looked like there was a fire in the midst of the whirlwind. And the fire took the shape of chariots and horsemen and, and, and horses. And Elijah was whipped up into heaven. And Elisha is stunned as he sees his master leave him. He hears no word from God that the double portion was given to him. Don't miss this. He hears no thunderous voice from heaven that his prayer request has been granted. All he knows is he's lost the one he loves. In fact, he cries out, Father, Father, because Elijah was his spiritual father and all Elisha feels is mourning the loss of his mentor and his father. The Bible says he rips his clothes and begins to mourn his loss. And in his grief and loss, Elisha goes to the Jordan River and with Elijah's mantle in his hand, Elisha takes the cloak and does what he saw Elijah do before him. Because a precedent had been set. He said, I don't know how to get across this Jordan, but I did see my master do this. He takes the mantle and like Elijah strikes the water. He imitates his mentor and strikes the water. He does, the, he, he acts and operates off the precedent and strikes the water. And the Bible says the water parts. For Elisha, just like it parted for Elijah, he sees God do it for him the way he did it for Elisha. But here's what I want to tell you before I leave. Huh. Elisha does something that Elijah doesn't do when he strikes the water. Elisha was doubting while he struck the water. I've been waiting to get you here to this moment because if you don't remember anything else, you need to remember this. 
The Bible says Elisha cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He strikes the water while saying, Where is the Lord God? He acts in faith while speaking doubt. Ah, you're going to get it today. He acts and performs faith while questioning God. See, some of y'all can't get with this because you're too super spiritual. This is the word for those of you like me who are still learning how to trust God. That sometimes you can perform an act of faith while talking doubt at the same time. Where my real saints at? Huh? Can I see you in the chat? Where's my real saints? Is there anybody that knows that that can happen simultaneously? I know you didn't learn that in your Sabbath school lesson. I know it's not theologically neat and congruent with what you were taught. But Elisha strikes it while saying, where are you? Elisha is not without his questions, not without his reservations, not without his doubts. But while he is asking where God is, he's doing what Elijah showed him to do. He strikes the water. While he's expressing doubts, he strikes the water. While he's articulating reservations, he strikes the water. He's not going on the power of his faith. I'm through. He's moving on the power of precedent. Because sometimes you got to do it even though you don't feel it. Sometimes you got to worship even while you're questioning. Sometimes you got to pray even though you mad with him sometimes you gotta push do I have anybody here that knows you can strike the water and question at the same time cause all you need is a precedent all you need is an example because if God heard the prayers of David who murdered somebody, I think he'll hear my prayers. If God heard the prayers of Solomon who, who had a whole lot of women, I think he can hear my prayers. If God can hear the prayers of Abraham who lied more than once, I think he can hear my prayers. Somebody ought to shout unto God that you can still have doubt and still see him work the miracle is not that God parted the waters the miracle is that God works with people who can believe him for one thing while doubting him for another thing I just got all up in your Kool-Aid right there. I just sat right down beside you because some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And let me throw down this false idea of faith because the church keep talking about you got to have strong faith to see God move. No, that ain't necessarily true because what we see here is a man questioning the very presence of God while seeing the miraculous powers of 
God and that ought to make somebody shout here today because that means there's hope for you the questions you walked in here with you'll still see a miracle tomorrow the doubts you've been articulating in your prayers you still go see revelation tomorrow the, the, the things that you're questioning God about he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above your questions your doubts and your reservations somebody lift up the name of Jesus and bless his name today because you can trust him for one thing and while doubting him in the other thing so he'll work out your employment while you're questioning him about the miscarriage because uh, when you believe him for one thing while doubting him for something else he'll still work it out he'll fix your relationship while you doubt him for your finances why because he can still bless you even while you're questioning him so here's my word for you today you better operate on precedent when you don't feel like it you better do it because your savior did it Elisha says I'm going to strike the water because that's what my master did I don't know what my God is but I know what my master did and my master trusted God and even though I ain't hearing from God I know what the precedent is so I'm going to strike the water I need somebody to shout strike the water strike the water and pray when you don't feel like it strike the water and show up to worship when you've been depressed all week strike the water and believe him to do what he can do can I testify I told my wife yesterday I don't feel like preaching I don't feel it I ain't got it in me it ain't in my spirit I don't want to do it I said I got one of my friends in town I'm going to call him and tell him to give a word because I ain't got no word and God said I wish you would I want you to act on precedent the precedent is I might not have always felt like going through the garden I might not have always felt like walking up Calvary's hill I might not have always felt like shedding my blood but I operate on precedent mm. so stop waiting to expect a miracle when you get to the level of strong faith he don't need your strong faith faith ain't about what you say some of y'all Christians need to shut up talking and start striking the water because if you strike the water he will act on precedent watch because if Jesus died for you if Jesus was put in the tomb for you if Jesus came out of the tomb for you if Jesus ascended for you and he gave his Holy Ghost to you then there is no obstacle no weapon no devil no hindrance nothing and no one can stop you Stop waiting for strong faith. You don't need no strong faith. Just, just do what you saw your master do. You might not feel it. Just do what your master do. What, what he did. He struck the water, you struck the water. He talked to his father, you talked to your father. 
he didn't understand in the garden and wanted to get out you might be there too but you're going to do just what your master did you're going to strike the water and say nevertheless not my will but thy will be done some of y'all been waiting on strong faith the power of precedence is it was done before to give you an example that it can be done again here's my prayer for you today here's my appeal if you're here today if you're here today and you're saying you know what pastor my, my faith I got some questions like Elisha because I've lost some stuff I got some questions like Elisha to God not to everybody around me but to God because I don't understand why he took what I needed the most he took the job he took the money he took the friends he took the relationship he took that thing I thought I needed the most and you're struggling with some doubts here's the good word for you he will still part the waters while you doubt he will still part the waters while you question don't wait for strong faith act on the faith you got small as it may be he will take it and act on your behalf if you're here today and you say pastor I need you to pray for me in a special way because I'm right where Elisha is I haven't struck the water yet but I got some questions here's what I want you to do I want you to slip down here I want you to just stand just spread out spread out right here at the front I want to pray for you spread out here at the front because I got some questions and I haven't struck the water yet I haven't acted on precedence I I haven't used the little faith I got because my questions are stopping me from realizing that he's about to part the waters. He's about to do it. You don't need strong faith. The, re the way you build strong faith is to strike the water while you have questions. You build strong faith by acting even when you don't feel like it. Because every time you see him part the waters, in spite of your question, that's what builds your faith. Do not despise small beginnings. You got enough in you to strike this water. So I'm going to pray a prayer of belief over you that you are going to walk forward in faith. Those of you who are online, just say, just say, it's me, pastor. It's me. Just type it. It's me. That means you're standing in the need of this prayer. Just type it. It's me. In the chat, it's me. Because I'm at the River Jordan. I'm looking at something I can't cross. I got questions in my mind. And what you need to understand is God's about to part the water. 
all you got to do is act father in the name of Jesus we thank you we thank you God for these who have pressed to the front those who have identified themselves in the chat those who have received the spirit of God today to tell them somebody else's no doesn't mean it's no for them we thank you God that you still have a yes when people tell us no and dear God today like Elisha we are standing at our own river Jordan the thing that is blocking us from our destiny from our peace of mind from our success and God we got more questions than answers God we want to thank you that you are not turned off by our questions thank you God you don't walk away because of our doubts and thank you God our little bit of faith does not disqualify us for a miracle in the name of Jesus right now I pray for every person who has identified themselves in this place and in the virtual space Lord give them the power to strike the water God I pray in a very practical way help them to know they already have all they need to execute all they've got to do is act all they've got to do is do what their master showed them to do God I pray that they'll push past their feelings God I pray that they'll get over the emotions God I pray that they'll get past the negative self-talk and God I pray right now in the name of Jesus they will strike the water in anticipation that when they act when they make the phone call Ah, when they send the email, when they sit in front of the computer and start typing, when they draw up the business plan, God, when they have the conversation, when they act, the waters will be parted. Thank you in advance. Ah, God, we're going to shout on this side of the Jordan for what you're going to do on the other side of the Jordan. Thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, let everybody shout, Amen. You're being blessed by this ministry. Join us in reaching others by partnering with us. You can give through our website at revisionchurchatlanta.org slash give. Or if you're local to Atlanta, Georgia, sign up to join a Revision volunteer team by texting CREW to 833-406-0775. That's CREW, C-R-E-W, to 833-406-0775. We hope you have a phenomenal week.